Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast, coming in hot with a radio voice. I'm Tyler Stone. Over there is John, your other, other host. How's it going, John? I am John. Hello. I am not John. I guys, John. before we get started, let's talk about what we're going to do today first. First, guys, we're going to talk. We talked a lot about building your team, setting expectations for your team over the past, like, maybe month or so, uh, making a killer staff. We didn't really cover is, like, how to actually acquire these people and so what we're going to do this week and next week we're going to do two part two part episodes here the first week we're going to cover pre-hire how to but what everything you need to do everything you need to think through every thought experiment exercise setting your own expectations for what you need to do before hiring staff coaches personal trainer all of that stuff um John, we have we do a little bit of stuff within our gear academy as well for some of our franchise level people, um, where we handle like all of the stuff where we handle everything from job posting, screening, the interview stuff, like pretty much everything. Whether they're full time, part time contractors, we get agreements in place, no bullshit, no nonsense. We qualify the leads, save you all the headaches. Um, yeah, that's kind of our like premium side because acquiring clients is thing one, and once you've acquired enough clients, all of a sudden you need to start acquiring staff. And if you, even if you're operating at a base level of your staff, of your, your clientele, there's no way your staff is going to stay the same and they're not going to turn over and somebody's not going to leave. Somebody's not going to get married. Somebody's spouse isn't going to move away. So you're always going to be in a position where if you're not, if you don't need to hire someone right now, it's coming. And so if you don't know how to do this, you're going to get, you're going to get run over by it. And it sucks. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse. And we deal with this a lot with gym owners who are trying really hard to build their business. They had layer after layer and system after system. And a lot of things are moving forward. And then a coach gets a girlfriend in a different town. And then it's like, oh shit, every hour that this coach was working now, the gym owner has to be doing, and then has to simultaneously find staff when that process has always been kind of loose and we promote from within, or I got a guy in here and scat mm-hmm. time stuff. It becomes, it's not systematic enough for you to rely on. So what we're going to go over in this next two weeks is how to make your pre-hiring and post-hiring process something that like, you can just turn on and off when you need to, and that it's reliable, that it works, that it fits your business. So uh, before we do all that, make sure you go to the links in our descriptions or go to the gymownersrevolution.com, gymownersrevolution.com, not the, uh, and uh, get in the Facebook group. We have the Facebook group, Gym Owners Revolution. There we got also John drops his musings there at least a couple times a week, at least. Uh, yep. also, we have the video episodes of this, and we have a lot of cool promotions that we'll be running through there as well soon. Get in with the community of gym owners who are trying to do this cool shit all the time. If you want to get in the gear Academy, that's also at gymownersrevolution.com. Follow the show at the gym owners podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Tyler F and stone, Tyler E F F I N stone on Instagram. And John, you can follow me at J banks F L on Instagram. All right. Enough of that shit. Let's go. So hiring is very, I don't know. I think it's kept when business is above a certain scale, hiring is done very systematically. Oh right. yeah. Every business that I know, hiring is a process within a process within a process within a process. And I see thing I see the most about fitness industry is um, we like to think that our business is different than other businesses. That we're unique. It's totally different. No, I just hire. I got a member. Like motherfucker, that member's got a job already. Like, do you got me- that thing where we always kind of promote from within? That kind of 
is true because they already have trust and they know people and they they got relationships with people. But are they really about? Are, do you have a lot of members about to abandon their day jobs to come work for you full time for less money? I doubt it. Usually, that is a solution that works when you need somebody to coach your Tuesday nights. Tuesday we, night class. It's not. It certainly is not a plan. And I've even been a part of like schools that. So like preschools are usually pretty nebulous as far as like your certifications can kind of be like fast and loose, yeah. sadly, right? Like, yes. like who you're going to have, especially in like private, because a lot of times preschools, they're private, right? So it's, yeah. it is, they kind of get to set the rules themselves. And so in all reality is that I cannot tell you how many parents just become preschool teachers. So it mm-hmm. just like the mom is like, well, my baby's no longer home and I could get paid to then now I'm, be with my I'm baby. I'm sad and lonely during the right? day. <laughs> so, so, so what they do is they just they hire within. And the problem is, is that it always ends up being you're at the mercy of eventually those folks move on. Now you're at the mercy of hoping that you can find somebody. It's almost you're like the mercy of that pool of, right. of talent. That pool of talent sucks sometimes, guys. And I hope, like, if here, let's be honest, if you're trying to get. F- fit people with years of experience into your gym like if that's who you're marketing to cool like like to, to be your members great like it's great that you can help fit people stay fit or get fitter wonderful but like you're you should be getting a you should have a wide amount of people who aren't quite fit yet who are still on that path who certainly shouldn't be coaching people so know that like you have you, that pool is much smaller than you think and the idea also that like oh we do things this way and we don't you know we we need they need to know our way of doing things i promise you your members don't know shit <laughs> either. Even the ones that are coached real well, they're not there trying to get educated. So while they may know how to do a thing because they've been told you go from A to B to C to D, they don't really know all the why behind it. So it's not that big of an advantage bringing somebody from who's worked out in your group classes or has worked with one of your personal trainers, or if you just have 24-hour gym who just is around. The only value is in that they have like a friendly relationship and are warm to the people there that, right. that there there is warmth other than that i very often treat that as a disadvantage because not only if it doesn't work out are you going to lose an employee and all the stuff that goes into it how are you going to lose a client too well you're gonna guaranteed probably lose a client because ultimately it is it's you, they're not going to pay you anymore once they're on the bankroll so you got to understand too where someone's like hey do you like need some coaches do you need somebody to like help you coach is them saying hey do you want, can I stop paying you? That's usually like, what it is. Right. Like I would like to stop paying you money every month. And instead, like I'll, it seems like your coaches kind of just fucking stand around and wear mm-hmm. tight clothes. So like I can do that. Like yeah. you need help at the front desk. Yeah. And so it's not uncommon for that to be the case. And very often you want that arrangement too, because I see a lot of gym owners that piecemeal that together and they give people just enough group coaching and stuff like that to cover the membership. So it's just moot. Um, but then you have a bit, you don't really give them any value. There is no real upside to them. So I'm not opposed to that type of arrangement here and there with the right person, but I really, really like having professionals in your gym. They don't all have to be full time, but like if they don't, if this isn't a thing that they're paid for professionally and that they treat like a system that like a situation that has growth opportunity in it for them, and I get it. Not everyone's going to be full time, but they should like care. <laughs> a little bit. And sometimes you can't, you just, you can't, if you're coming in from a full-time gig and you're just trying to get your, your membership for free and you're just covering a class, like it's just going to be them hanging out as members among members and just being the one running the clock or with a whistle or with a notepad. And I, and I think from the gym owner, from your perspective, it needs to be 
do, do not, you can oftentimes allow your desire to finally find someone or to put somebody in that spot or God damn, I've been looking for somebody that's a front desk person. And by look, looking for someone means you've, you've done nothing. You've literally done nothing about it at all, like zero. And then somebody finally says something and you're like, oh, well, I no longer have to like think about that every every couple of weeks for like mm -hmm. five minutes and then never do anything about it. So what you end up doing is because your desire is so strong, you negate or like rose colored glasses the entire situation to where you're like, no, this person's great. It's like, wait a second. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Like what are all the things that we need to have in place before you just, because we've seen it go really bad is just give the keys to the kingdom to some fucking dude that shows up that has is a smooth yeah. talker. And if you're not addressing the situation soon enough, this is one of the things that like you can't, you can't make in the grand scheme of things a very good decision. You can make a better decision than a bad decision, but you're not going to make a very dialed in, tuned decision, the perfect move when you're in a very bad position. It's just not going to be the case. So if you let this get too far, and that's exactly what John's describing, let this get too far and you're in the need now and your business is not growing because you're stuck doing too much coaching and you're covering all this stuff and it's stressful for you, it's stressful for your family, it's tough on the business, it's tough on your – like everything is – difficult when it gets like that um when all of this stuff starts to trickle down you've taken too long so now when you get a lead that comes in and somebody wants to maybe coach somebody wants to coach in your gym you're gonna just yeah you're gonna do exactly that you're gonna paint that turd gold and you're gonna put it in front of your members you're gonna pay it you're gonna rush it through the process you're gonna believe everything that they say um and that sucks one of the worst things you can do as a boss is when you're tiny when you're uh looking to hire people is to take people at their word. I've had, I've had a employer who did this and bless his heart. He, everybody came in and they said, yeah, I want to make a career out of this. Yeah. I want to be reliable. I want to be, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, yeah. This where I see myself in five years here doing this, being the best I can be for you and your business. And then yeah. they come in two days later and they're 45 minutes late and they want to borrow money and they need to advance money for the next paycheck. But it's, you know, no, I'm trying to just, you know, it's been a rut and this poor guy was a great guy and he really wanted to give people opportunities within his business because he had it. So he would. He thought it was helping these people. Right. He's helping the wrong fucking people if you're helping anybody who comes in the door. So you can't be doing that. So let's cover some prerequisites here. Yeah. What does this hire need? And this is really up to you as the gym owner. What, what do you need from this hire? Like what skills, soft skills, hard skills, experience, whatever that is. What are, the, what are some of the prerequisites that, that they're there? And that may just be... Uh, it can start as simple. Do they work out and do they look like they work out? Step one. Because if, if one of those things is true and not the other, mm -hmm. boy, that's already a problem. And, and and even though you can coach some of that stuff up, if it's not a part of their life already, mm -hmm. it's weird, right? You can take someone off the street who doesn't like McDonald's and they can make a great McDonald's employee. You really can. You can take someone who's off the street who doesn't isn't a big fan of whatever it is. And they can be a good employee at that place because it doesn't have to be a part of them. But if you aren't making this a part of your life, you actually don't have the skills or knowledge that people are paying for. You don't have to be 10 miles further down the road than the people you're coaching, more advanced. You just have to be a little bit further. You have to guide them through the next couple turns that they're going to go through in their fitness journey. So they don't have to be ahead in their fitness journey of everyone else in the world, but they got to be a little bit ahead knowledge wise and understanding wise so they can guide the people that they're working with. Super important. But I think it's also really, really important to call out whether, 
fuck you if you if you get your panties in a bunch about it is that it's you have to look a certain way to do the job and if you look that certain way it will allow you to then get away it allows your staff to get away with maybe not having their expertise need to be exactly where it is because if you're a fat fuck or you're sloppy and you, do, you just don't look like you have your shit together. You could be a fucking savant when it comes to fitness, training, modalities, and all the expertise in the world. The problem is that's a big first impression hurdle that you're going to have to be able to get by. And, if- and then all of your other skills, whatever they may be, boy, they better be so above and beyond to overcome that and at that point it's it's rough and And you're not at a high level if you you watch the olympics there's plenty of gymnast olympic gymnast coaches who are like fat guys on the sideline like yep yep it was great you know what i mean that are just there but it's a 60 year old person coaching 15 year olds right it's very very different thing but in the space of teaching people want to come in weight loss like you can't be further behind than them and the problem is with it's not fair but it is reality. So it's if you look the part and you look like you fitness and you are put together and you have your nutrition, nutrition dialed in or whatever it is that you're trying. Like the fact is, is that it's while I may not have a six pack, I am very large. So if I say I'll make you big, Check the box. It's strong problem like solved. It's, like yeah. it's like it's it's already that the the sniff test right out the gate is like well fuck that guy's big and he kind of lifts heavy for regular humans so it's like he could probably help me be more like him. Fitness and- is the opposite of selling crack. Like you got to get high on your own supply. You got to you got to take the medicine that you're selling. You just have to. So super important yeah. <laughs> same thing with mcdonald's don't be getting higher supply at mcdonald's man you gotta leave that shit leave that shit in a bag get out of that building but so experience is thing one you gotta look the part you gotta it's gotta be a part of your life because very often what you're teaching is habits and are you teaching habits that you don't have that's a fucking problem right um all the knowledge in the world without application is, is tough it, it's 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 tough. People sniff it out right, right, right away. They can sniff out a fraud. They can sniff out somebody who's all talk. It's it's very easy. The second one would be references. Yeah, and if you're gonna if you're gonna get people and they claim to have fitness experience, fucking ask where did they yeah, come from? It, there's and it's totally normal. And and, and it gets we, like it's the idea is that there's reasons why very large companies and most companies have like. I need three references. Can you please provide me three references that we can then be able to call and check up on them and actually fucking call them and check up on them and see who they were. References are important. I think employment references is thing one. And if they've just, maybe they've just kind of had a couple personal training clients they had there, I would get, I wouldn't I would want to talk to the person whose gym you're coaching them out of. Just if you're respectful in the space, you know, even if they weren't paying you, um, I, I need to know what that relationship was like. The other thing about references is client references. I don't yeah. need a wealth of them, but like, give me a couple. That's my biggest, my biggest mm-hmm. advantage. If I ever needed to go get a job or frankly, if I'm trying to close a big ticket personal training client, I'll give you references from clients I'm currently working with and some that I've worked, have worked with in the past. And this goes back to the same thing you do as a gym owner. We talk about testimonials fucking matter. They really matter. You can sniff a lot out from testimonials. It puts a lot of concerns at ease 
in the real world, a real world application and real people's words, man, does that go a long way. So get them from your class. And by the way, if, if you've, if they've coached somebody for a year or six months and can't get a single person to like say a nice thing about them for me or just, Hey, yeah. will you just message this guy and, and, and I'm going to give you a heads up. We just message this guy, talk about working with me. If they can't do that, that means one, they didn't do a good job. Two, they never actually maintain a real a real relationship with the person to where if you couldn't ask for that from one of your clients, maybe not all of them, maybe not all of them are there, but from one of them, then then that's maybe is uh, that's a it's a red flag. It's a big yeah. red flag. The other red flag issue then would be background check. And it's it is one of those things where you don't have to go over the top. Like you can spend quite a bit of money on background <laughs> checks. Right. <laughs> and and you don't need to like get their credit score and like everything else, but there are right? Sex predator, like Google the sex offender registry in your state and Google check that person's name on that registry. Make sure. Cause that'll be a colossal deal breaker. It really is. It's, it's just one of those things you can't have them depending on the type of facility. Sometimes you want that to be, there's a thing, thing that's kind of rising up in like the martial arts world. Is it like maybe some of these facilities should uh, vet their clients that way too. That, sure. you know, it's one thing for members or for coaches obviously shouldn't be have a, a history of sex crimes, but maybe it shouldn't have members in your gym that are of that way, too, mm -hmm. from strictly a safety standpoint. And and what tools are you helping them sharpen? If it's a martial arts gym, like, I don't need to help some guy <laughs> at any of that. And and are you are you subjecting your current members to danger it completely? Go like even if you're a facility, are you a twenty four seven facility? It's a big problem, right? Like for members, you, members. you're going to have showers and bathrooms and all sorts of things where you're and, like, we knowingly put you in harm's way or unknowingly. Yeah, and obviously, so that that's on the member side, right? Obviously, which is maybe an adjacent conversation, but on the coach coaching or employment side, totally a huge no. Right. That's just a no, not for any other. It's just a no. If, if there's if there's any flags that pop up on that type of background check, it's no, it's no, it's no. It's a non-starter. There's no conversation. No. So, and there's and it doesn't matter how charming, right, how charming they were, how, or how they, much of a it was just a it was a I, misunderstanding. I just, like, no, nope, nope, nope. You just you can't. You just can't. And that's it's a, that's a very easy issue to work around. See, done. Problem solved. I sat with a, in a, a, a job interview and again, so my, a lot of my background comes from, from education and teaching as well. So it's, I sat with, right. With one of my bosses and we're interviewing a new staff member for the summer. And the dude is like as old as father time. And he just seems off. There seems to be something wrong with him. He's going to come in and he's going to teach science. And when he comes in, answers the questions, I don't like it. So he leaves and my boss goes, well, he seems great. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He seems off. There's something wrong with him. She's like, yeah, but we're a military school. Nobody wants to teach here. So whatever, we'll hire him. So luckily we have background checks. So the background check comes through a couple of weeks go by, check in, say, hey, what's the deal? Because the dude spent his entire fucking interview talking about turkey vultures. We were hiring them for science, like biology. Like, I don't want to hear about all your fucking time with turkey vultures. This is where I felt it was off. She comes back. She goes, yeah, so he sent bombs to his previous employer in the mail. 
I was like, excuse me? She goes, yeah, so I don't think we're going to hire him. I'm like, because he tried to blow up his previous employer? We want to put ourselves on that list? (laughs) I was like, like, well, yeah, no shit. No wonder he seemed off, dude. And so that was just like, but if it was just based off of like, how often, Tyler, do we hear? I just, I feel really good about this person. I have never heard a gym owner come out of an interview go, fuck that guy. Bullshit. And I'm telling you, and, and by the way, that that's in your good nature. If I'm being honest with those people, you're being good natured. You're trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. You're not a awful curmudgeon, distrusting, but like John or I truthfully, but us. Man, <laughs> my, my gut on those things is really good. I don't know what to tell you. I've, I've tried very hard over a lot of years to go, no, I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt, despite of my first instinct. Cause I feel sometimes like my first instinct is just being critical and judgmental. Right. I just know, I know that I have a bias towards, I have a quote, fuck that guy bias in, in, in any time I meet a person or anytime someone is folds into my stuff and I'm like, fuck this. I just am very short to, very quick to being no. And so I try not to, I try to treat that like this is prejudgment. This is maybe a blind spot that I had. And I spent many, many, many years in many situations looking past that instinct and yeah. confirming later on I was right. And then the next time I'm like, God, I mean, I'm just prejudging. Nope, I was right. And the next time I was right. So trust your judgment, know your blind spot, but start, you got to tune that up a little bit as you go. And now it's at the point where like, I don't know if I just get a vibe. I don't even bother justifying it anymore. I was just like, ah, I don't like. And the truth is, if they're gonna be in your gym, you don't gotta like everybody that's around you all the time. But if they're representing your brand, you better like them. There should be yeah. no, should be no like, fuck. I gotta spend how many hours a week in the same building as this guy? I do the same thing with my clients. Mm-hmm. One of the things, if I could spend two to three hours a week with somebody for the foreseeable future, if I don't like our conversation it's a no just because i don't care how much money you pay i just I, that costs me too much time so just trust it, your gut on that type of stuff and it does it does end up costing you a ton of time down the road another issue that we keep seeing folks running into when it comes to hiring of trying to decide what people need is and i think this one ha- is a double-edged sword and this is certifications mm-hmm. so it's right now it, it is important you, you don't want somebody that is just like, I know fitness. I like to do things. And then they like fuck your people up. But at the same time, you also don't want to be, it's like these golden handcuffs that you can put on yourself and your business when it comes yeah. to like, well, they don't have an, a NASM certification, so they can't come in. Yeah. Now the requirement, so whatever you are bound by by law, Mm-hmm. or by any affiliation you have, you do kind of have to follow. But understand that sometimes people don't understand those as much as they think they are. So like oftentimes your insurance provider may require this person to have a NASM certification, some arbitrary certification, depending on your facility, right? NASM or like an L1, I think oftentimes qualifies, but then they got to carry their own life. But then, and then your insurance will cover them, right? Depending on also if they're, you know, contractor, full-time, whatever, we'll get into that stuff later in next episode. But um the other side of that is sometimes if they don't have it, they can just carry their own liability insurance too. Yeah. Higher gun. And also in a lot of states, including this one, you don't need any of those things. Your business doesn't need it for insurance just as long as they are there and they are on your payroll or at least have filled out your contract or paperwork. Uh, they don't need any certification and they don't need to carry their own insurance here. So yes, here, any schmuck who has the soft skills 
and the willingness to coach someone can in almost any capacity, which is great. Now, let's say you're a CrossFit affiliate, right? Your coaches have to have an L1, kind of. Okay. They have to have a level one certification at a minimum to coach CrossFit in your gym. That does not mean they need that to coach private personal training in your gym. It also doesn't mean they need that to coach powerlifting in your gym. It also doesn't mean that they need that if they want to coach your cardio, your noon 30 minute cardio pump session stuff. I see. I see what you're doing. Yes. So know that if you're trying to bring somebody in and, and yeah, so they're not a CrossFit. So if you're a CrossFit person and you've been doing CrossFit, right? A bunch. And then you're going to apply to work at a CrossFit gym. It's very likely that you understand that getting your level one is going to be right around the corner. It's going to mm-hmm. be probably a requirement say for you to be coaching those group classes, but they can very easily get in and start coaching some of your other programs, some of your other time slots, or getting some personal training capacity one-on-one. Let them fuck up one person who trusts them instead of 20 that don't know them or 20 that, that, they're, that they're getting started with. So you can still ease them in via, some call it an internship program. I just treat like a trial period, you know, yeah. sometimes when, when people, everyone should be hired on a three-month, three to six-month trial period, just so you can fire them at all times. Absolutely. Uh, for any reason, because they, if they smell bad, you can fire them. Um, <laughs> But that's the thing with the certifications. And and I see a lot of people get hung up on it. This is the thing that I run into a lot in the technical field as well with electricians, service technicians, heating guys, plumbers. Uh, if there is, if you're looking for a 10 year guy with tons of technical experience, a 10 year service technician who has all of his licensing and is certified on this equipment and that and has education and geothermal, and you want a tech school degree and all this stuff, you know what that guy's working somewhere somewhere that pays him pretty fucking well because he has all Mm -hmm. those things already. And he's developed those things throughout the course of a long career. If you're looking for that guy unemployed, if the person that has that is unemployed and isn't, and it's not because he just moved to your area, there's a problem. There's a fucking huge problem. (laughs) And then double back on background check references and double into those Mm -hmm. real hard because what's too good to be true very often is. And we would find this all of the time. And every, by the way, every single business in the fucking real world not the fitness industry, which is unique, supposedly. Every other business has had trouble hiring people with skills. That's been the nature for a very, very, very long time. They've had a hard time finding people with the skill set they need to do, let alone the certifications or the education or the field experience. It doesn't exist. Those, those people don't exist. So what you do is you get a person that has what we're going to cover next here, the personality that they need, reliability, just all the basic stuff, right? Yep. Are they friendly? Do they show up on time? Are they are they leaders? Are they good? Are they good at leading? Are they good at following? Neither of those things are particularly important unless they're in conflict with what they need to have in the job. But yeah. you can go through and you can hire the right human and you can build the technical skills, the the applicable skills into the or into the right human. What you're not going to find is the right human who has those skills already, who is not looking for a job who's not going to be so expensive because in the hiring market right now, you, those are the people that have the leverage. Okay. Had I stayed in that field, I could name my boss was a great guy, but I bent him over a barrel every six months in my employee review for more money. Like to the point where he was like, Tyler, come on every six months. Why? Cause I just, I'd say I have everything I need to do to go somewhere else. Like you could pay me all this. And now I don't want to work. I don't want to work past 5 PM. Cause I want to lift weights. So I don't care if there's a service call at 4.30, someone else does it. Well, what do you mean? How are we going to do that? I "I don't know, but I don't care. And what happened was it was just a situation where 
I had all the leverage. I got all, I could have, this poor guy would have been in a real rough spot dealing with me and he would have had to keep me until I ended up all of the skills and stuff that I had took me to. Now I want to do my own business. I want to do my own thing. But that guy dealt with, the fact is the employees that have skills that are reliable have all of the leverage, all of it. So you don't want to give them that, give yourself some leverage by presenting an opportunity for someone as an employer, instead of coming in and finding somebody who's like, fuck you, I own you, buddy. I know what I got. And that's a rough way to start a relationship on the business ownership side. Oh, 100%. And you know who really figured this out is anyone in sales. So when I was, when I played football, so at the University of Florida, we, every year, there was a job, it was a career fair that would come and it was, um, I don't know, 50 different employers that would come and it was only for student athletes at the University of Florida. So they would set up in one certain area in one of our uh, athletic buildings and we'd have 50 employers at a career fair. And they would be coming to only hire graduating student athletes. It didn't matter. It was fucking pharmaceutical sales, craft, like fucking like mac and cheese sales. Like it was, it was all of these major companies and they were coming because none of us had sales experience. None of us had any of the hard skills to do any of the things. I mean, some of the guys that I played with, they did like hard, like medical pharmaceutical based type sales shit for years and made fucking bank because that's where they went. They went into that. And so it's like, well, okay, what are the intangibles? And so this, again, this helps you when it comes to hiring and screening and looking at people is what do student athletes typically have that graduate with a degree? What are the skills that they have that will make them good at sales or interacting with people or being front of office? All of them. All of them. The yeah. fact is that you can Some balance can lead. and lead. Some are great None of them are at the top of the pile. They show up. They show up on time. They work. They learn flexible mentally. They can work hard physically. They can put in hours. Like all of those things, like that becomes a very ripe market. Mm -hmm. or any higher and that's one of the things about university as much as i fucking hate the fact that what the degree is right right what it does is vets doesn't mean that anyone who doesn't have a degree sucks but there's a pretty good chance that if you got a four-year degree and you showed up and played sports throughout that time mm -hmm. uh that you are not going to no show for work no call notes. <laughs> right. like that's a, a, right. forget you guys y'all forget Get out there in the real world. You just forget that that shit exists and it exists a lot. It, it exists all over the place. And I think that that is one of the things is like, are they reliable, employment history, friendly, all these things that we talked about. One of the big ones in this in this skill set too is empathy, coaching for fitnesses. Do they actually give a shit about clients? Do they care about other people? And that's the difference between someone who is a fitnesser who's like, oh, I just, I like I like working out. I have I have abs. I work out. I know how to lift. I've been lifting. That that is great. That's a one prerequisite. On the other side of that, though, if they don't actually give a shit about people that they're coaching, then very often becoming a coach is simply a exercise in massaging their own ego. It's ah, look at how much of a fitnesser I am. Yeah. Now I am a fitnesser who gets paid to fitness, and I was like, well, I think it's supposed to help people. And very often that's missed. So know that it's twofold. You have to have enthusiasm for fitness and for training and stuff, but your passion needs to be in guiding people. It needs to be in, in and that's a big one where you, you see this all the time 
but like you have to actually give a shit about the people because like one of the things we touched on is that just having the desire to coach and being great at it, by the way, like being very, very focused and, and good at one specific thing, the types of uh, coaching, exercise, training, what's the word, John, how would I put this? The goals that you would help someone achieve, mm-hmm. you, the type of training you're most familiar with um, is very different than someone say that like is doing like just a lot of cardio, a lot of aerobic stuff, like a lot of the, there's nothing wrong with it, but a lot of say the less heavy, less structured guy shit. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're not the right fit, but it does mean that if I am, co- that, that if we're coaching a, a, that if what I need is I need someone to cover my fit mommy's noon hour and I need somebody who can come in and personal train my clientele to say 60% women and that most of them are targeting for weight loss. It doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's like, hmm, shit. Right. Maybe there would be a better spot in my system for John than my fit mommy's class, you know? With, without a doubt. And I think w- one of your clients really put it best to tell the story, right? It, is that it's, you? I think you were going over cardio. Yeah, so buddy, you gotta, you gotta get, you, I told him, I said, we gotta do this part. It's very simple. Hit this for me twice a week. Just simple, steady state cardio. I said, I just, I need you to maintain a, decent cardiovascular base. We'll keep that in place. And then we can, that's the foundation. We can build all this other stuff on. He said, Tyler, if I gave a shit about a cardiovascular base, I would have hired someone who was half your size. He said, I'm here to get huge. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll take that under advisement. I'm with you. You're right. Whatever. (laughs) Hire me if you don't want to do cardio. And I say you should, but if you don't want, if that's, it's like, you know what? Listen, I get my brand. McDonald's here. I ain't trying. I ain't trying to give you a rib. We've covered this, exactly. right? But I think, I think that is a. I think that's really, really important that you just put the right people in the right place. And if you've got a, a powerlifting group or you have a strength training segment and you've got somebody who's weak and small, maybe don't. Maybe if you're like the, the local hospital slash strength training fucking conglomerate here, and they bring out every year to talk to the fall and winter and spring sports parents. They said, okay, we've got our strength training specialist and they roll out a 155 pound man who's 23 years old or whatever version. It's a new person every time. It's like, oh, geez, I eat this motherfucker every week. What is he? Is he he's the one in charge of getting my kid big and strong. Um, Gross. Fuck. I don't want any advice this, this kid has. What are we talking about here? Right. And so that's, again, are you getting high on your own supply? We should maybe align your supply with what the other people want. And I think it's, it's really important so you know what coaches from a gym's perspective that you want to be trying to attract or hire. Because the fact is, right, not all coaches can coach all people to all things. They, just, they don't have the ability. And when you start trying to do that, or you start trying to find people that are specialists in particular things up front, it's the same way where I always felt like, and I've heard this, um, I have a friend who is a contractor and he's an engineer and, um, and they do like huge, huge buildings for all the major universities that are around our area. And he talks about all the time. So he does the career fairs too, but he goes to the engineering schools to be able to go and recruit new engineering kids. And he goes, honestly, he goes, I would love to have somebody come in and intern with us over the summer while they're going to school instead of just getting these kids that are coming straight out of college with their degree He goes, because we have to undo so much learning that they have because it's actually a detriment. 
yeah, they have the paper, but their expertise, their, you know, like desk expertise is so um, misguided than what's existing in the real world. He goes, we have to spend like six months untraining them just to get them where we want them to be. It was just like, I would rather take a kid that just has a general interest. And then we just teach them exactly what we do specifically in our firm. And I was talking to a coach kind of in in my network I've known for a long time, Matt. And he said, we're talking about exercise science graduates. I made a post about, man, there's nothing more discouraging than seeing some kid come out of come out of college with an exercise science degree that's just all full of hubris and quote knowledge and it's the dumbest shit in the fucking world it's, i've never you never see anyone coach with more ego and less empathy and less just it's all the worst it's all information in a vacuum it sucks so much and so we we're kind of going back and forth and he said he said you know i speak at universities three or four times a year for their exercise program. So he's going to pull me along for a couple of them here this next year. So oh, that'd be I'm going to rip, I'm going to fucking piss off whoever's there, but it's going to be what it's going to be, but we'll light a fire under the ones who matter. And the ones who are bothered by that conversation can go fuck themselves. Truthfully, they can go work for some hospital, making kids jump back and forth across lines all fucking day, or whatever dumb shit that they do. <laughs> but, and also, so back into the, the context, right? Are, is this a situation where, um, Maybe you're better off just hiring somebody with a clean slate, right? Who just ha- is, is enthusiastic about fitness, maybe kind of wants to help people, doesn't have a wealth of knowledge, but like just is, it's better to have that sometimes in your gym than someone who is hyper specialized, right? And so the thing that I, a story that I was, one of the guys in our gear academy told this story the other day and it was, I thought it was pretty funny. He said, he said, you know what happens when they were trying to get Shamu for SeaWorld? He said they were going around the ocean. They'd find these big schools of killer whales. And they go through. And what they did is they put they put a pole on the back of the boat. And that boat was that pole was like 15 feet high, right? And they went driving around and they kind of tried to scare up these, these big killer whales, right? And they went through and they went through tons of them. And one of them that finally got up and was able to jump and clear over that pole, they said, ah, that's the one. Let's get them. That's that's the one that's going to be Shamu. It's going to be at SeaWorld. And because really, is that? Is, is that no shit i didn't know that and he goes no of course that's not how they fucking did it he said they just went out and caught a whale and then they taught it how to do the shit that's it that's it so and he had a really good point though in that the big turning point with his business and staffing and scaling and things like this was that it's on him to create the system and once you learn how to take someone who with a base level of prerequisites and bring them up and make them useful and teach the things that they need to do and put them in a place to succeed. When you're able to take someone from A to Z like that, uh, he said, that's the moment where he was very confident and he no longer had to worry about, oh, geez, I, I, I got to find an ace. There are no aces. And I hate to break it. Go out in the world, guys. There are none. There are none. And when you talk to people, I've been all over the world. I've talked to a lot of fitness people, a lot of business people, a lot of really, really high performers. And a lot of the people out there you think are experts, guys, there are no experts in anything. There are not. Nobody is. It's okay. The best people who are the most capable are the ones who just go, okay, in this situation, I have knowledge and experience and I can figure this out. They navigate it via troubleshooting, problem shooting, problem solving, and course correction, just like you and I. They've just done it enough to where they don't stress about it when the problem is complicated or is put in front of them, which you perceive from the outside is expertise. But that is absolutely not what is happening. So there, trust me, there are no experts. It doesn't exist. 
Yeah. And, and you, the fact is that understand too, that should give you confidence from your perspective that it's, oh, I can turn any of my people into the expert. Mm -hmm. So even if they're just like, God, because it's either this, and this is why you have 90 days. This is why you establish 90 days or 180 days when you get a hire. That if they are just like, you are a sad sack of crap and I'm going to turn you into a fucking marbled statue of what I expect out of a staff member or a person trainer or whatever it may be. And it's, if they continue to stay a soft potatoy sack of shit, once you hit 90 and 180 days, adios, send them yep. off because you will have people that are hungry, that do want to be able to do these things that are, whether it's entrepreneurial minded or they just want, they have a drive to do better. And but if you, you set those expectations in the beginning, exactly. that's most important. You're not just going, you're not surprising them by this. You are doing, like you said, you're guiding them, you're coaching them to it. You're giving them the opportunities to become the employee they need to be. And cross this threshold, you did not. You no longer work here. Problem solved. And, and that does become rougher because we have been part of gyms where you've had longtime staff mm -hmm. that have not been holding the standard and have not been doing the things that they should be doing and starting to implement. It's a very specific process of how you go about doing this. So you can help those coaches expose themselves and make sure you're putting yourself in a position to be able to start establishing new expectations. But the way you know what expectations to set so that they can be established ahead of time during the pre-sales process and then all throughout your post higher process as you go through those first 90, 180 days is you have to know what your gym needs. Yeah. You have to know what, what are my expectations for these individuals and what's the specific roles that I'm trying to fill because you can really fuck good people in a bad way to where if you are putting them in a position where it's impossible for them to be successful because you do want them to be all the things for all the places inside your, your space. Yeah. And the big one is, you know, let's talk just generically, maybe like four roles that are probably just, just generic that every coach kind of will absorb, give or take. There's just general staff being in the gym, being around, putting things away. There are things to be done. There's uh, there is coaching like group, co group coaching, semi-private coaching. There's personal training, just one-on-one -on -one stuff. And then there's also sales. Like that is a, it's a, some places, some of these other consulting giant organizations in this field want you to like, we bring in their salespeople, salespeople, killers, killers, salespeople, sales, 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 separate salespeople, closers and setters. Closers. And yeah. And it's like, guys, that sucks, man. I don't know. Like it can kind of work if you have this massive volume of leads and the ability, by the way, to fulfill on this. Let's assume this is that all. So they bring it, let's cover this for a second. Bringing in full-time salespeople is wonderful. Um, assuming you need to constantly be selling because you better be paying them well. If you're not, they're going to be a schmuck. They'll just go sell cars. Like a good salesperson is not going to be taking 10% of your stuff. That's not going to be enough unless there's a ton of volume. If there is that much volume, let's talk, you're closing three to five people a day like what are we talking here to make that worth carrying full-time full-time staff in there if that is what's going on 
How many people are not renewing and not staying in your business for the long term? Tons. Meaning if your business requires that on the front end and you're not essentially 5Xing and 10Xing every fucking year, then your business is completely and totally fucked. You're completely lost your retention altogether. And so you're just feeding people through a system that sucks. And that if everyone who walks out and doesn't stay, someone choosing not to continue to do business with you is a downvote. If this was Reddit, that's a downvote. So depending on your market and your community and how many people live within an easy driving distance to your business, there's only so many people you can churn and burn in the fitness industry by being bad on the fulfillment end or misleading on the front end to where all of a sudden you're left holding the bag with a gym that's not very popular anymore, a gym that made a bunch of money and has a bunch of systems in place that aren't yours. It doesn't have your character and your vision in mind. It has somebody else's, but then it's been optimized and yet totally devalued in your brand, in your market across the board. And there's not a lot of competition to buy. And then someone will come in and acquire it Mm -hmm. at pennies on the dollar, which is perfect. You can sell out, you'll get your little chunk, but then they're getting a can system. So know that that's how a lot of that shit fucking works. And it's important to know that, that in the, in a, in a business that is growing at a reasonable rate with actual humans getting actual results, and good staff getting good careers instead of this turn and burn bullshit that's out there. You need to know that those sales are happening with trust. Okay. And the first thing a person needs to trust is not a fucking salesperson. Yeah. Not if I'm buying a car, yes, I'm, I need to trust that salesperson kind of and the business as a whole, but then it's me and that car and I drive off the fucking lot and it's just me and my car. But with the fitness industry, it's very different because you have a coach that you need to trust a coach that you need to connect to. So I still believe that while not all coaches are great at salespeople, coaches should be your best salespeople. They really can and should be because, because they're the one, if they're not good at what's the word presenting themselves as trustworthy and building early on a very quick sense of trust with client, getting someone to take that leap saying, I trust you with this part, this vulnerable part, this next part of my journey, I'm starting something new. I'm trying to make a change. I trust you with this. Okay. That you cannot make them make that decision twice, first with a salesperson and then just stick them in front of a coach who they didn't make that decision with, for, or on behalf of. Yeah. And, and you do have to have it be where you empower, you have a system that is built to empower your coaches, personal trainers, and your fucking front desk staff individuals to have the ability to take someone through what ultimately is a sales conversation, but should be deeply cloaked in just being a goddamn human. Yes. Because that is where it's, well, oh, well, I need to have a salesperson. And now immediately we start talking about like sales tactics and sales yeah. closings. You need a, a salesperson who, when someone says, oh, I got to talk to my wife. It's like, what, you make your wife, you let your wife make all decisions? What if she says no, are you going to let, it's like, what in the fuck kind of bullshit is that? Like right. when you're trying to get someone to make, because on the fitness, the, the problem with those sales tactics is that in the fitness industry, people actually need to be bought in and care. You can't, you're going to dupe them into making the commitment. And if they're not really in it, then they're not going to get the results. So then you're selling a product that doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Now you're in the turn and burn fitness business and you are a part of the scourge, the cancer that this business has a reputation for. And so it is a, be better. And it's a reputation. Be <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, it's a reputation that not only clients experience, but you guys as gym owners know. I can't tell you how many conversations we are having where people immediately are like on guard. They're like, wait a minute, you're not from these people, are you? And it's like, 
no, dude. I'm like, who hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm so sorry for whatever they did and how they did it. Cause they're obviously cunt bastards that have come out and have done this stuff so shitty and realize how you feel as a gym owner. Whenever you start thinking about like marketing and ads and all that other shit, like business development and being able to enhance your shit, how you feel about that is how your clients feel about somebody wanting to talk to them about supplements or nutrition or fitness because they got fucked by somebody and they are so, snake bit. Wait a minute. You said this was free, but it is free, but you need $500 mm -hmm. and then it never really works out to be free ever. What right. the fuck? You know, that's the shit that sucks. And those types of things that happen is with you as gym owners, you commit to a system like that from some consulting organization or God, I ain't just trying to shit on the competition. They do better than we do money wise they're doing they're they're doing just fine they don't need you as a gym owner either but the thing <laughs> is, is what's happened is their reputation is not solely their reputation is only kind of shit on nationally from a few of you gym owners who are like man that seemed like it sucked right like i didn't like how that felt the problem is what they're cashing in on is your social equity your right. reputation they can go in and make money off of you help you make a little bit of money well, you just fucking scrape your reputation all across your town, across all these people who are coming and making a change. And they fuck up your rep. They help you fuck up your reputation and trade it for some quick money in some turn and burn system. And that sucks. It really sucks. And none of those clients know that that's where they were getting the information from. That's the worst part. It's like right. you as a gym owner, you just listen to the wrong dudes, man. Yeah. They were arming or just spent a bunch of money on ads to get in your face. Like, but it's, yeah. It's a real shame. So anyway, be better. Fuck you, be better. I think that's our new motto. We should fuck make sure. you, fuck be you. better. Be better. Yeah. Be better. John and Tyler. Um, there is more, right? We want to be able to go into more of this and and specifically get into so we talked, these are all the pre-sale pieces. And then the next episode that we want to go into that we'll do for next week is is going to be tied to now. Let's look at like part-time hiring, full-time hiring versus contractors. Because it really starts to make a difference of whether we're talking about staff that you're hiring, coaches that you're hiring, personal trainers specifically. Like those are very specific skill sets. And again, as long as you know what you need as a gym owner and the expectations can be set because you've done all this pre-sale process yeah. first. Now, how do we handle what happens next when you bring how do you, these people in yeah how do you put them in a place to succeed how do you not just set the expectations for them but also help them market themselves market for them make sure that there's earnings and sales opportunities put in front of them quickly when they get in so they have a chance to learn and a chance to be successful and have a chance to actually have an impact within your community because that's what it starts with it's can they come in and get working with people and delivering people with results, delivering results to people? If they can do that and get started with that right away, man, you're doing great because that's addictive. It's very addictive if you're a coach. Addicting? Right? If you're a coach, it's great. Like you have clients come in and drop 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds in a year, man, that'll get you fired up. Okay. Yeah. That makes it very easy then to sell the next person because you're just riding that. So that's that's this thing needs to be based on success across the board success for your members first and foremost success for your coaches because you need them to help guide the clients and in return every layer of that system needs to create success for the business okay and then those all those outcomes feedback to your reputation your marketing we create that feedback loop of success that's the thing we need to do that's the thing we build in our gear academy our franchise level stuff is big time where that's where we go through and do everything from your 
hiring, marketing, ads, all of this stuff, but built with your branding and all the stuff intact, all the stuff everybody else does wrong and does fucking really poorly. We make sure that we do this with like your shit in mind, not just making it our stuff. So um, if you want to know about that, you can shoot us an email. At John was the email. They can shoot us or shoot just message us on Instagram if you want. Or if you have to have a little more to say, you can email us at your mom at hackyourgym.com. That's real too. It is your Muhammad hack your gym.com. So we have many, we have many, they all feed to the same place, but I do like that one. And, it, and when we tell you that it's not just because we don't like you, it's, it's real. It shows up in our inbox. It's only for our most favorite yeah. people. Yeah. Your most favorite emails get tagged. Yeah, it is one we might only give out on the podcast. So it is nice to know too. That we <laughs> yeah. get it. That's how someone heard it. Cause I won't say that to someone in person. If I'm having like a, sh- a handshake, meeting. <laughs> yeah. it. your mom, Go fuck yourself at hackyourgym.com. Yeah. So that's where you can start. You can message us on on the official page too at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. We can carry on a conversation there. Uh, We are still doing our uh, free for you Instagram audits. Uh, We also have the kind of Google business tune-up stuff, some like marketing. We'll give you 30 minutes of our time. We'll run through your profile. We'll do that for free. We don't work with anybody in our gear academy or otherwise, unless we've done something like that with you for free. It's not a sales call. It's not anything. It's a, here's you asking for help. Here's us telling you the things we think you should do. And then we sit back and see if you do it. And then if you do it, we'll be interested in taking money from you. Because if you don't, I said before, there's no amount of money I'm going to take from you that I will continue to take from you if I fucking think you're not doing a shit because I hate that. There's nothing I hate more than my work, my efforts, even if I, whether I'm being paid for them or not, being gone to waste. So if you're going to waste the information and waste the opportunity, save yourself the fucking money. But if you want to make it happen, we can start helping you right now for free, give you a couple couple opportunities. We can tune up your stuff, tune up your organic marketing strategy, tune up your social media stuff. Every single person who's got one of those calls, we should got some reviews for those we'll put up there at some point but like every single person who's jumped on one of these calls would be like holy shit it was amazing it was like the most value. i haven't had a chance to really think about this stuff this way and it's super 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 helpful they made huge changes and got huge results from just their organic social media stuff so if you want that for free uh just go to our instagram that's going to be there you can book those appointments we only have they're very limited we don't do a ton of them a week because it's uh free but uh, it's good for us. keeps us sharp. keeps us looking at your stuff. We want to help you guys get moving forward. If you're not making enough money to start working with us full-time now, uh, some of these things we can do for free will help put you in a position where you can start paying to take your stuff to the next level. Yeah, for us, it is you may want to be able to talk with us and you may want to work with us, but we may not want to work with you. And for so sure. that's why it's we have to be able to have those conversations first yeah. and be able to get a feel and get a vibe because it is not everybody is going to fit this. Fun it's fact, not supposed to be for everybody. Not a single person though, that we have done the uh, audits for, would I not work with? That's very important to know. So it's always the first step. The first step is willingness to take action. That's the filter. The ones that don't do that stuff and say, oh, I think maybe, man, if y'all just kicking the tires, go to hell, man. You want to make some work? You want to get some work? Let's go. Let's fucking go. So get in. That's your access point. You can learn a lot of other stuff. You can go to our website. You can go join the Facebook group. All this stuff's in our description. But your access point to start really doing the work will cost you nothing. So come in for free. Those Instagram audits will point you in the right direction and give you a really, honestly, stuff you can work on for probably like a month that'll keep your business to social media stuff and start generating leads, hype. You know, we want to make stuff that people are excited to talk about in your area. So we'll teach you how to do it. So that's it. That's all we got. Follow the show, Jim Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone, Tyler E-F-F-I and Stone. And John? You can follow me at J Banks F L. All right, guys. Have a good week. We will see you next week. <laughs>